welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the fourth Sunday of Lent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through your word reconcile the human race to yourself in a wonderful way, grant, we pray, that with prompt devotion and eager faith, the Christian people may hasten toward the solemn celebrations to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. In the presence of the Lord God, they anointed David, king of Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have chosen myself a king among his sons. When Samuel arrived, he caught sight of Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed one stands there before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Take no notice of his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. God does not see as a man sees. A man looks at appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jesse presented his seven sons to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. He then asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? He answered, There is still one left, the youngest. He is out looking after the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send for him. We will not sit down to eat until he comes. Jesse had him sent for, a boy of fresh complexion with fine eyes and pleasant bearing. The Lord said, Come, anoint him, for this is the one. At this Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him where he stood with his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord seized on David and stayed with him from that day on. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me along the right path. He is true to his name. If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your staff. With these you give me comfort. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil. My cup is overflowing. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. In the Lord's own house shall I dwell forever and ever. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. 
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. You were darkness once, but now you are light in the Lord. Be like children of light, for the effects of the light are seen in complete darkness, goodness and right living and truth. Try to discover what the Lord wants of you, having nothing to do with the futile works of darkness, but exposing them by contrast. The things which are done in secret are things that people are ashamed even to speak of, but anything exposed by the light will be illuminated, and anything illuminated turns into light. That is why it is said, wake up from your sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to you, word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Glory to you, word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus went along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, for him to have been born blind? Neither he nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. He was born blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as the day lasts, I must carry out the work of the one who sent me. The night will soon be here when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made a paste with the spittle, put this over the eyes of the blind man and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, a name that means sent. So the blind man went off and washed himself and came away with his sight restored. His neighbours and people who earlier had seen him begging said, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, Yes, it's the same one. Others said, No, he only looks like him. The man himself said, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how do your eyes come to be open? The man called Jesus, he answered, made a paste, daubed my eyes with it, and said to me, Go and wash at Siloam. So I went, and when I washed, I could see. They asked, Where is he? I don't know, he answered. They brought the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. It had been a Sabbath day when Jesus made the paste and opened the man's eyes. So when the Pharisees asked him how he had come to see, he said, He put a paste on my eyes and I washed and I can see. Then some of the Pharisees said, This man cannot be from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How could a sinner produce signs like this? And there was disagreement among them. So they spoke to the blind man again. What have you to say about him yourself, now that he has opened your eyes? He is a prophet, replied the man. However, the Jews would not believe that the man had been born blind and had gained his sight, without first sending for his parents and asking them, Is this man really your son, who you say was born blind? If so, how is it that he is now able to see? His parents answered, We know he is our son, and we know he was born blind. 
but we do not know how it is that he came to see now, or who opened his eyes. He's old enough, let him speak for himself. His parents spoke like this out of fear of the Jews, who had already agreed to expel from the synagogue anyone who should acknowledge Jesus as the Christ. This was why his parents said, He's old enough, ask him. So the Jews again sent for the man and said to him, Give glory to God. For our part, we know that this man is a sinner. The man answered, I don't know if he is a sinner. I only know that I was blind and now I can see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He replied, I have told you once and you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it all again? Do you want to become his disciples too? At this they hurled abuse at him. You can be his disciple, they said. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man replied, Now here is an astonishing thing. He has opened my eyes and you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but God does listen to men who are devout and do his will. Ever since the world began, it is unheard of for anyone to open the eyes of a man who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do a thing. Are you trying to teach us, they replied, and you, a sinner through and through, since you were born? And they drove him away. Jesus heard they had driven him away, and when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Sir, the man replied, Tell me who he is, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You're looking at him. He's speaking to you. The man said, Lord, I believe, and worshipped him. Jesus said, it is for judgment that I have come into this world, so that those without sight may see, and those with sight turn blind. Hearing this, some Pharisees who were present said to him, We're not blind, surely? Jesus replied, Blind? If you were, you would not be guilty. But since you say, We see... Your guilt remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, spare a thought and a prayer for a lot of us Aussies and people around the world. This might be the first Sunday that we haven't been to Mass in a, in a long, long time. But the church hasn't abandoned us. Christ certainly hasn't abandoned us. We have before us a set of readings that really are truly extraordinary. And the gospel especially, it's long, right? It's, it's, it's unusually long for the liturgy. So I'd recommend you grab the text, find some time. I mean, it's the Lord's Day, right? Like we've got to keep the Lord's Day holy. Grab the text, find some time and just read through it. And I'd suggest that you read through it with a couple of questions in mind. The first big question that comes up during this gospel is one, who's blind? But who's, who's really blind? And then 
The second question, and it's a bit of a part of the dispute between the Pharisees and the man. Where does Jesus come from? And what we see unfold in the gospel then is this story of the man going from blindness to sight to seeing Jesus face to face. So, so work, work through the gospel yourself and, and, and you know, savor the journey. It's just amazing. But what I'd really like to focus on particularly, though, is the context in which this encounter is taking place. You see, if you go back a few pages in John's gospel, you find out that all of this is actually happening during the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. In Hebrew, it's called Sukkoth, right? And this was one of the three big pilgrimage festivals in the history of Israel, right? They, this was one of the feasts that they travel to Jerusalem to celebrate. And it's a harvest festival, right? Like it happens at the end of autumn after they've taken in everything that God has given them after they take in all of their crops. And it's a great celebration and rejoicing in the providence that God has extended. But what, what's particularly interesting about this feast day as well is that it refers back to the Exodus too, right? To the time when God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and then brought them through the wilderness and into the promised land. Because during that whole journey, God showed himself to be merciful and provident. He showed himself to be the one who cares for his people and particularly in a couple of ways, right? If you remember the first reading from last week, which we had from the book of Exodus, we heard about this extraordinary moment when Israel out in the desert runs out of water and Moses strikes the rock and water flows from it. That God gave his people water in the midst of the, the arid and dry desert. So he cared for them, right? Like he, he sustained them. But the second thing as well is that in the Exodus, we also see that God led his people. And he led them by the pillar of cloud by day and the, the pillar of fire by night. And that this pillar of fire, that marked out the way. That marked out the path that led to the promised land. Now, what was interesting about the way that this feast day was celebrated was that there were, there were a couple of things that they did ritually in Jerusalem. One of the things is that the priests would go to the pool of Siloam and they would collect a huge amount of water from the pool and over the course of the days of the feast, they would pour out that water upon the altar as a sacrifice. And you can kind of see what's going on here, right? Like they're trusting in God's providence. God has always given us water. God has always given us and sustained us by means of the water from the Exodus right through the waters now. So we take our precious water, our, our drinkable water, and we pour it out in sacrifice to God, knowing that he is the one who is the source of our water and that he is the one who sustains us by means of this water. The other thing that they used to do, which was really, really interesting, was that at night, they would extinguish all the lights in Jerusalem and that they would then illuminate the temple. They would light these enormous cauldrons and there would be light emanating from the temple, which, you know, in the Jewish imagination was, was God's dwelling place, the place where God sat enthroned among his people, right? 
And so you see in these two gestures an echo of what happened during the Exodus, that God gave his people water from the rock, that God led his people by light in the darkness. And that gets reflected then in these two little ritual moments. Okay, that's all happening in Jerusalem as Jesus is having these discourses. So what does Jesus say? This is, this is going back a little bit before the encounter that Jesus has with the man born blind, right? He says this, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Wow. When you read between the lines, Jesus is showing himself to be the pool of Siloam. Jesus is showing himself to be the gift of water from God, the one who rescues his people from the barren desert. Well, let's look on to the next bit then. Jesus again spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, there you go. These two great signs that come on this feast day, Jesus is pointing to himself as being the fulfillment of those signs. The light isn't from the temple. The light is from God's true dwelling place among the human family, Jesus himself. He is the light of the world. He is the one who illuminates the way. All right, so Jesus has said that this is who he is. You know, I'm giving living waters and I am the light of the world. Right, go now to the gospel that we've just heard. The healing of the man born blind. And what happens? Jesus instructs this man to go and bathe in the pool of Siloam. To go and bathe in the waters of God's mercy of the abundance of his providence and his love. But this reality of bathing in the pool of Siloam is really pointing to the fact that Jesus is the one who gives this new living water. And get this then, by means of the bathing in the pool of Siloam, he now receives light. His eyes are opened and Jesus says to him, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And his eyes being opened now enables him to behold the true light. The water saved Israel in the desert and the light pointed out the way that would lead to the promised land. Jesus, in healing this man, is showing his mission to all of us. That by means of water, he will save us and by means of his light, he will be our way to the promised land. It's a really amazing moment, and there's so much that's going on. But it all finds this really great culmination. When the man returns to Jesus, Jesus asks him, he says, look, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he, and he responds, he says, and, and who is he, sir, that, that I may believe him? And Jesus said to him, 
You're looking at him. He's speaking to you. Now that moment just gives you a shiver down your spine, right, doesn't it? But the way that it's translated in the lecturing, it's, it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit weak. Because what Jesus really says is, the one who is speaking to you, I am. Now, now those words come right out of Exodus, don't they? When Moses asks God in this encounter with the burning bush, look, what's your name? What does God say? I am who am. Jesus here is putting forward the divine name and referring it to himself because he is God among us. He is the one who gives us living water. He is the one who guides our way to the Heavenly Father, to our true homeland, to the promised land. He is the light to the world and he is the spring of living water. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your faith firm. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that, as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father, and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. Under your protection, we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God. Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger 
O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.